Good morning. Welcome to uh, part one of a new series that we're calling Greater Than. Anybody excited about this series? Where God's taking us over the next few weeks. And hopefully, if you're not that excited right now, maybe you'll be excited by the end of the message. I don't know. But uh, I want to look into the camera. Welcome those of you that are watching online. We're excited that you've tuned in and you've joined us for Church Online today. And before we get into the message today in part one of this series, I want to mention quite a few things. We have a lot going on in our church right now. And so I want to mention a few things that uh, we were not able to let you know about in video. The first thing is iStudents, something uh, you may or may not be aware of is each uh, Wednesday night, our students, we believe that um, our services, we try to we try to tailor our services so that they're any age group can can get something out of what we're doing here. But then also throughout the week, our students are meeting and they are serving together. They are growing together. They are doing life together. And so on Wednesday nights at six o'clock, they're meeting. That's for seventh through 12th grade. And so if you have seventh through 12th grade student, or if you are a seventh through 12th grade student, uh, we want you to get involved in our student ministry. And uh, we believe that God's really been blessing that. And we have a great team that is leading that and people that believe in what we're doing as a church in that area of the church, and so we want to let you know about that. Also, Pink Impact, where are my ladies at? Woohoo! We mentioned this last week, but March the 28th through the 30th is Pink Impact. It's in South Lake, Texas, and we were able to reserve 25 tickets uh, for the ladies to be able to go to that, and what we mentioned last week was it's a first-come, first-serve. The only way we knew how to do this in a fair way was say, hey, the first 25 people that go online, you can go to yourimpactchurch.com, click on special events tab at the top, and you'll see the registration link there. And you can register, pay. It's $175. That includes all three days of the conference and your hotel for two nights is all included in that. The only thing that you'll need to cover there is food. So like lunch, dinner, things like that, you'll need to be prepared for. But I think we're down to 17 or 18 tickets is all that we have left. Uh, so we had about seven or eight of those that went this last week alone. And so just as soon as you can get that ticket, the better so that you can get your spot reserved before those sell out. And this week, this Tuesday night at 6 o'clock, uh, all the ladies, while we're talking about talking to the ladies, you guys are all invited to the very first ladies' night of 2019. And so we, uh, the ladies get together. I was going to say we, but I don't, I don't show up at these, so don't, don't get worried. Uh, sometimes I would like to. When my wife comes home and tells me how fun they were. Then sometimes I wish I had been there. But uh, for those of you that are ladies, this is going to be at 3320 Abbey Lane. And so if you need that address again, you can uh, go back. This is all saved online, or you can listen to the podcast and get that address if you forget during the week. But on Tuesday night at 6 o'clock, all the ladies are going to be getting together uh, for the first ladies' night of 2019. Another thing, a couple more things I want to let you know about, and then we'll get into the message, I promise. But um, our iClub ministry, which is our 5th through 8th grade on Sundays, and so this, this class meets uh, during the message right now during the 11:15 service on Sundays. Beginning in February, we are transitioning that, and it's going to be at the 9.30. And so iClub will be meeting during the 9.30 uh, message portion. They're in here for worship. 5th uh, through 8th grade, and then after worship during the 9.30 service, they'll be heading over to their area uh, where they're lo- learning and growing together and all that. So I want to make sure you know that. And then anybody uh, anybody excited about 21 days of prayer and fasting? Some of you are looking at me like I got a headache right now, and so I don't like you very much, and uh, you told me this was going to be awesome, and it doesn't feel awesome. That's all right. Just hang in there. It's not meant to to feel great. Um when anytime you're denying yourself of something that you want so that you can get something that God wants for you, uh, the enemy is going to try to convince you 
that you don't really want this and that you made a mistake and, well, that pastor really doesn't know what he's talking about. And so you need to get off the fast on day seven and go back to doing whatever you wanted to do. But I want to encourage you to stick it out because how many of you believe if you want greater things, if you want greater than in your life in 2019, you got to do something different. If you want something different, you're going to have to do something different. And so here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. I want to talk to you about the fast for just a moment. And we have back at the store, we have a few of our books, resources on fasting. So if you're curious, if you've gone this first week and you really don't understand all of what fasting is about, there are some books back there that you can get today uh, that I believe will really help you. It's books that uh, my wife and I have read them. A lot of you read them last year when we went through the fast, and it's really good resource, really good information, so make sure you go back there if you want one of those. We only have a few left, so get back there as soon as you can and get that today if you want that. But also what we're doing this next week, each week we're, we're doing something different with the fast uh, corporately, and this, this last week we've been through today, today being the seventh day, we have been fasting sugars and sweets and, and caffeine, and some of you are like, yes, I know, and, and it's been really hard. And <laughs> How many of you got till about day four, and then you were like, sweet Lord, this is like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I need some coffee. I need some caffeine or something. Here's, here's what we're going to do in week two, and I'm going to challenge you to do something. And, and you don't have to do this, but I believe that if you want something different, you have to do something different. And so I'm going to challenge you with something that's probably going to make you not like me even more after this. But I'm going to preach to you after that and try to help you so maybe you'll like me more after the message today. But in week two, we're going we're gonna to shift to more of a food fast. And let me explain that to you. And, and the choice is yours on how you want to do this. You can, you can do a complete fast for seven days, which is where you do not eat anything. You just drink only water for seven days and say, you know what, God, I'm giving you everything. And, and I'm going this whole seven days, and I'm not going to eat. I'm just going to drink water, and I promise you, you will live and not die. But if you have any questions, please you know, talk to a doctor or something. Don't, you know, if you have some problems, don't, don't be like, well, he said I wasn't going to die. And then, you know, five days in, you got serious problems and you should have talked to your doctor. No, talk to your doctor and make sure it's okay if that's what you want to do. Uh, some people do a partial fast, which is like as long as the sun is up, uh, it's water only, no food. And so they will, uh, they'll, you know, as soon as the sun comes up, they don't eat from sun up to sundown. And then when the sun goes down, they'll eat dinner, you know, or something like that. And, 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 go through that for seven days. Uh, some people do a Daniel fast. This is what our family is doing for actually the whole 21 days where, uh, biblically, where you eat only fruits and vegetables, and that's it, and drink water. And so that's what we've been doing for the last seven days, and that might be something that you're interested in this week. Or you can do something to where maybe you feel like, hey, I'm supposed to give up one meal a day, and so every day this week I'm not going to eat lunch, and when I would normally eat lunch, I'm going to get my Bible out, or I'm going to you know, open the Bible app, or I'm going to pray during my lunch hour instead of eating lunch, and I'm going to give God that, that portion of my day. However you want to do it, and if you have more questions about that after the service today, you can, you can talk to me, and I'd be more than happy to answer any questions that you have on that, and make sure you grab that book if you want that, because it's a really great resource for you, but that's what we're doing this week. Now, here's what I want to encourage you to do. If you want something different, sometimes you have to do something different, and some of you came to church today thinking, thank God I can have caffeine tomorrow, but what I want to challenge you to do is build off of the fast. So we have been out, we have been, you know, fasting and denying ourselves sugar and, and caffeine and, and those types of things. What I would encourage you to do, and I'm not telling you you have to, I'm just asking you ask the Holy Spirit. Ask God, what do you want me to do? Is this something that you want me to do? Am I supposed to take it, you know, seriously? If I want something different, maybe I need to do something different. And maybe you need to stick with the sugars and caffeine and add 
one meal a day or partial fasting or however you want to do that and throw that in. And maybe if we build off of this thing, you know, maybe God uh, can do something different because we're willing to do something different. Amen. So I want to encourage you to do that. That's what our family is doing. And uh, by all means, I believe that it'll be a blessing to you, even though um, come about Wednesday, you're not going to feel like it's a blessing to you. But how many of you know when you're in the middle of a trial or when you're in the middle of something difficult, it doesn't feel like God is doing anything. But later on, uh, you'll see sometimes what God was doing, or it'll be revealed to you what God was doing during a time when you thought it was hard and difficult, and God was preparing you for something that he was wanting to take you into. And so I would encourage you in that. So today we're beginning a new series based on what God is speaking to our church for 2019. And we're calling this series Greater Than. That's our, that's our theme for this year, what God is speaking to us. And in this series, we're going to be talking about some ways that we can best start off 2019 in our lives. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about some different things that we can do, some different ways. I'm going to try to help you and help myself uh, so that we can start 2019 off in the right way so that we can experience the greater than things that God wants in our lives. And as we begin this series, I want to preach a message that uh, I really believe, I, I had read some of this, and I have heard some of this, and I thought, man, I need, to, I need to share that. I need to not only know that for myself, I need to share that with our church, and I need to kind of, you know, to, to present this to the church in the way that I feel like God wants me to present it to you. So that's what I want to do today, and I'm going to preach a message that I think has the potential to uh, change so many lives if we can grab a hold of this, and I, re- I really, really mean it. And if you don't think it's a, that big of a deal, hopefully by the end of it, you'll think it's a big deal. Um, this has the potential to change everything in 2019 for you. And so today I want to talk to you on this subject, and you can get these notes on the Bible app if you want to do it that way, or you can take notes uh, on your phone or uh, by grabbing one of the notes pages. But here's the subject I want to talk to you on today, the power of habits. The power of habits. I want to talk to you about habits. Anybody ever had any bad habits in your life? Anybody, some of y'all are like, got some bad habits right now. Anybody got any bad habits right now that you brought with you from 2018 into 2019? And you were like, and here's what, and here's what you did. It's January the 13th, and some of you, you had gone into the last week of December, and you were like, whoo, breaking that habit, going to stop doing that, going to do better. And then you got into 2019, and you're about a weekend, two weeks in, and you're like, whoo, I'm already gone back to that thing. <laughs> right? That didn't work. Well, I want to try to help you make it work. That's the goal for today. I want to help you figure out how you can succeed at what you actually want to do. Are you with me? Do I have your attention? <laughs> and I'm going to help myself today as well, hopefully. And uh, sometimes we want to we want to change some of our bad habits and we want to begin new habits. And here's what one of my favorite pastors regarding leadership, he, he says this, and I love this, and maybe you want to write this down. He says that successful people do consistently. Does it come? Maybe not. I'll just read it to you. (laughs) Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. I want you to let that sink in for just a moment. That successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. So some of us are like, well, I'm not successful. I'm not succeeding. Maybe it's because you're doing something occasionally that God is calling you to do consistently. Because successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. And this is true in every area of success. So if you see someone who is close to God, that person is consistently putting disciplines in their life to grow closer to God. 
So you run into somebody, you're like, man, I wish I was as close to God as they are. Like, it just seems like they're always, they're just in tune with God. They hear God. Every time they say something to me, it's exactly what I needed to hear. And God just speaks to them. It's because that person has put something in place in their life that they do consistently that gets them closer to God. That's why they're successful in that. Someone who is successful financially is consistently doing things that other people may only do occasionally. You see somebody that's well-off successful in, in their finances, and you think, man, how'd they get where they were? I can tell you how. They did consistently what most of us only do occasionally. And that's how they got to the place that they're in in their finances. Or someone who is successful with their health is consistently doing things to remain healthy. Not occasionally. They're consistently doing things to remain healthy. And if you think about people in the Bible who were incredibly successful, you might think of somebody like Paul. And we're going to read something that Paul wrote here in just a moment. But you might think of somebody like Paul who wrote about half of the New Testament and, and we read all these letters and we learn so much from him. Or maybe you even think of somebody like Jesus. Imagine that. We think about somebody like Jesus that was successful in the Bible, right? And here's what, here's what you don't – if you study the life of Jesus – so I would encourage you to go back, read the, the Gospels and the four accounts of Jesus' life and from the time that he was born and everything that he did and, and then until he died. What you don't see Jesus do is say things like this. Well, I just can't find time to pray. And we look at, we look at, we look at people like Jesus in the Bible and we're like, man, but, but that's Je No, Jesus was fully human when he was on the earth. And what we don't ever see Jesus do is say, well, I just can't find time to pray. I mean, I really want to, but I just can't ever find any time to spend with, I just can't find any time to spend with my Heavenly Father. I just can't find any time to pray. We don't ever see Jesus do that. What we do find is that Jesus was consistently pulling away from all the people to go spend time with God. So we don't ever see Jesus say, well, I just can't find the time to, you know, I'm just so busy. All these people, they're just pulling on me. You know, they need something, and they need something, and my kids need something, my husband needs something, my wife needs something, you know, got to go to work, just don't have time, I'm just tired. We don't ever see Jesus say anything about, I just can't find the time to pray. What we do see Jesus is being intentional to consistently get away from people to spend time with God. And I believe that's why he was successful and was able to accomplish what God put him on earth to accomplish. Now, we're going to get into some practical things in just a moment, but I want to start by reading something that Paul wrote that I think a lot of us can relate to. And so I want to start in Romans chapter 7, verse 15, read about 9 or 10 verses here and see if we can relate to this. Paul says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong, it is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing it. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. The power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Can anybody relate to Paul? <laughs> you get to the end there, you're like, Ugh! I want to do what's right. 
but I don't ever seem to do it. And I don't want to do that thing, but I always seem to do that. I don't do what I want to do, and I do what I don't want to do. And I think Paul's writing this, and I read this, and I'm thinking, man, I can so relate to what Paul is talking about. And then at the end of it, he's talking about what a miserable person I am that I can't do what I know is right, and I do what I know is wrong, and I don't do what I want to do, and I do what I don't want to do. And so I want to try to help us. And the way I want to do that today is I want us to look at three reasons why we don't succeed even when we have good intentions. Anybody ever had good intentions? Got good intentions. You went into 2019 and, and you stayed up late on December 31st and you had good intentions. You know, tomorrow I'm going to start eating better. Tomorrow I'm going to read my Bible every day. Tomorrow I'm going to start spending time with God. Tomorrow we're going to start doing a budget. Tomorrow, and we went in with good intentions, but I want to give you three reasons why today that we don't succeed even when we have good intentions. And I think these are going to help us. And here's number one. We focus on the what but don't understand the how. So we focus on the action or the thing that we want to accomplish, but we don't understand how to get there. So we set a goal, but we don't know how to achieve the goal. We, we focus on what we want to do, but we don't ever give that much thought to how we're going to accomplish what it is that we want to accomplish. Most of us would say that we want to be close to God, we want to be debt-free. We want to thrive in our marriage. We want to be in shape. Anybody ever said things like that? We have good intentions. We go into the new year. I want to be in shape. I want to get out of debt. I want to know how to budget. I want to do better with our finances. I want our marriage to be thriving. I want, I want, I want all these things, but too many times we're not successful. Most of us want the same greater things in our lives, but the results are sometimes polar opposite. And here's why. Here's why. Goals don't determine success. Systems determine success. So when you set a goal, your goal is not going to make you successful. The system that you put in place to accomplish the goal is what will make you successful. So, so many times we go into the new year and we think, you know, I want greater things. I want God to do something new in my life. I want, you know, all this stuff in my life. But we walk into the new year and we, we have a goal, but we don't have a system. We have a goal of something we want to do, but we don't understand how to get there. We don't rise to the level, level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. So the reason that it's January 13th and half of us in the room have already given up on our New Year's resolution is because we didn't have a system. And so instead of rising to the level of what we wanted to accomplish, we fell to the level of what our system actually would allow us to do. We didn't change anything in our lives, and so we failed at what we wanted to do as we started off 2019. If we, will, if we will fix the habits in our lives, the outcomes will fix themselves. If you'll fix the things that you do, the outcomes will fix themselves. How many of you know two plus two always equals four? Always. I want five. I want five. I want seven. I want ten. Two plus two doesn't get you ten. If you want something different, you're going to have to do something different. And setting a goal that I want 10 is not going to get me to 10. But putting a system in place that says, you know what, 5 plus 5 equals 10. And so I need to do this plus this, and that's going to get me where I want to be. Goals don't determine success. Systems determine success. Create a system of getting up at the same time every day to spend time with God. 
Create a system to pay off debt and start saving money. Create a system to go on a regular date night with your spouse. Create a system to begin and end your day by exercising. You've got to create a system. You've got to create a system. Goals won't get you. Having a goal won't get you to your goal. But creating a system that says, okay, this is how I'm going to get to my goal. If I do this consistently over time, it will eventually get me to where I want to be. So we got to have systems. Goals don't determine success. Systems determine success. Here's number two. The second reason why we don't succeed even if we have good intentions is because we don't see progress fast enough. I'm going to spend a few minutes on this one. We don't see progress fast enough. And we've all been there. You know what I'm talking about. You get on the treadmill for a couple of days at the gym, and then you gain two pounds. And you get frustrated. This doesn't work. (laughs) I've been here 30 minutes a day for three days. I should have been losing a pound a day. (laughs) And we don't see progress fast enough, and so we give up. Or maybe you, you read your Bible plan on the Bible app for four days in a row, you know, now they have the streaks, and, and I'm, I'm that type of personality, right? It's like if I miss a day in the streak, it's like, oh. And so they have those streaks of how many days consistently you've read something in the Bible app. And so you're at four or five, and you're like, whew, you're feeling good. And then you were on your way to church today, and you yelled at your spouse and your kids, and you're like, this isn't working. <laughs> like, I'm reading about love and peace. and Or maybe you start the one-year Bible, and you've been reading in Genesis. I don't know where you've been reading. But you're like, this isn't working. I just yell, like, shouldn't there be something happening? You know, four days in a row, God. Shouldn't there be something happening right now that I should be in a better place already? And we don't see progress fast enough. Or you quit drinking coffee for a month because you want to save money and pay off your credit card. And you find out that you save about $100 a month that you're putting extra on your credit card and you don't feel like you're really putting a dent in the 25000 that you owe. So you went into the new year and you're like, oh, $25,000 in credit card debt. I'm going to pay that sucker off, man. I'm going to pay it off. Giving up coffee. And you go a month without coffee. February 1st comes around you make that payment and you're like, wow, that didn't do a whole lot of good, did it? And we do things like this. And here's, here's what happens. Here's what we do too often. We wrongly conclude that small good decisions don't matter that much. So we, we do a few things for a, for a little period of time, and we don't see progress fast enough. And so we conclude that small, good decisions don't matter that much. Well, that's, you know, it really doesn't, you know, that getting off the coffee, you know, and saving that $100 a month and paying that honey is really not going to get there fast enough. I'm not seeing fast enough progress. And so I've concluded that that's not the way to go. That really doesn't matter all that much. And we decide that. That small faithful habit doesn't matter that much. Or that small God-honoring decision doesn't matter that much. That small positive action doesn't make that big of a difference at all. And then on the flip side, here's what we do. Here on the flip side, we, we play video games for three hours straight. And our wife's not happy, but she doesn't leave us. Or you skip church one weekend and your world doesn't fall apart. <laughs> well, it's just one weekend. world didn't fall apart. Or you eat half the box of chocolates. And when you get up the next day, you don't really notice anything. Nothing's really changed. And we make small little decisions like that, and then we do the same thing. We wrongly conclude that small bad decisions don't affect us that much. Well, I ate half the box of chocolates and didn't see anything happen. Well, I can tell that my spouse really isn't, you know, excited about me doing that, but, you know, they didn't leave me. Well... 
you know, I just, I, just, I just did it this one time, and it really didn't affect me all that much. You know, we just skipped one, you know, really didn't feel like going, so we just skipped one time, and the world didn't fall apart, you know. God's still there. And we conclude that small bad decisions don't affect us that much. And here's what we miss in all of this. It's this simple fact right here, that our life is the sum total of all the small decisions we make. Our life is the sum total of all, you are who you are right now because of all the small decisions that you have made in your life up to this point. And you concluded 10 years ago that it really wasn't that big of a deal. You concluded three years ago that well, it really isn't that bad. And your life is the sum total of every small decision that you have made from the, de- from the time that you were able to start making decisions until now. See, we rarely make one big decision that wrecks our life. <laughs> but what do we do? We fudge a little bit here, we skip a little bit there, we bend the rules a little bit here, we take a small step over the line there, and then we wake up one day and we wonder how in the world our life got so screwed up. (laughs) And it's because we concluded all along the way that, well, it really isn't that big of a deal. It's really not affecting me all that much. I'm not seeing that much of a change. I'm not, it's not really doing anything to me right now in the moment. But what we miss is that our life is the sum total of every single decision we've ever made. And it matters. And the people that we see as successful or the people that you look at and say, man, they're close to God. Like, I wish I had a relationship with God like they have. I wish that I was successful like they are. I wish that I could get to the place. Here's, here's what you don't, the people that are close to God, what you, don't, what you don't see is no one saw the early mornings in the Bible. They, they come to church and it's like, wow, you're, you're, you're so spiritual. Like, how can you, like, I know what you've been going through. How can you be worshiping? No one saw the, no one saw the early mornings where they got up and they read the word. No one, no one saw the difficult conversations that they've had over the last three years that have gotten them to this place. Nobody, nobody saw the small acts of faithfulness over and over and over and over and over. And we see the end result and we think, wow, I wish I could be like them. But nobody sees all the small, God-honoring decisions that they made the choice to do every single day. Going to do it again today. 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 Nobody sees that. You think about you think about boiling water. How many of you know that boiling water doesn't it, water doesn't boil all at once, <laughs> right? You put the, you put the water in the in the pot and you put it on the stove, and you're like, what's wrong? Got the heat turned up. The thing's on, water's not boiling. You come back a couple minutes later, is something wrong with my stove? Like, what's the problem? You come back a little bit later, that water's at 175 degrees. Nothing! Nothing! 211 degrees. Nothing! Nothing! You can check it out, he's like, man, something is wrong, but once it hits 212 degrees, it starts to boil. And what you don't see is that over time, it was storing up heat. <laughs> it was storing up heat. So five minutes in, it was storing up some heat. Seven minutes in, it was storing up some heat. Twelve minutes in, it was storing up some heat until it eventually got to the 212-degree mark so that it could become boiling water. Can I tell you that in your life, if you'll add, if you'll add a discipline and then another discipline and then another God-honoring discipline and then another 
decision of faithfulness, and then another decision, I'm going to get up even when I don't feel like it, and then another decision, I'm going to make the right choice in this instance, even though I don't really want to, and then another good decision, another good decision. Can I tell you that you're storing up all of those habits in your life, and eventually, eventually, I didn't say right away, eventually, there'll be a turning point. Eventually, there'll be, there'll be a moment where we're out of debt. We made the decision we were going to pay this and pay this and pay this and pay this, and we're going to give up that so we can pay this, and we're going to give up that so we can pay this, and I'm going to make this God-honoring decision. And now we're out of debt. Eventually, you'll be in shape. If you keep making decisions today, I'm going to eat right, and I'm going to exercise. Today I'm going to eat right and exercise. Can I tell you for about the first two or three weeks, you're going to wake up sore. And you're going to think, wow, I'm hungry and I'm sore. <laughs> Apparently this isn't working. But eventually, over time, doing the same thing consistently, what other people might only do occasionally, you're storing it up and eventually there will be a turning point. Eventually there will be a moment where now you're in shape. Eventually there will be a moment when your marriage is thriving or your relationship with God is what you desire. I love what Galatians 6, 9 says. It says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Somebody say proper time. <laughs> at the proper time. Not in your time. Not when, you went to, not when you went on your first date as a couple in three years and thought, well, everything will be better now. At proper time, you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. Don't give up on what? Don't give up on those small, good decisions that become habits over time that you do consistently day in and day out because you're storing them up. It's the things that no one sees that bring results everyone wants. The things that we're wanting only come by doing the things that nobody sees you do. Nobody knows that the reason why your marriage is successful is because you've been intentional for the last 17 years to go on a date. Nobody knows that the reason that, that your relationship is successful is because you have conversation on a regular basis. Nobody knows that the reason why you're so in shape is because you have decided and made, and made good choices in what you eat and you go to the gym every single day. Nobody knows that the reason why your kids act that way is because you've made small, good decisions to discipline them in the right way that God wants you to discipline them over time so that they've grown up to be the way that they are. Nobody sees the things that are done in the secret, but it's the things that are done behind the scenes that nobody sees that bring the results that everybody wants. So if you want the results that everybody wants, you're going to have to do the things that nobody can see. And some of you were halfway through, almost halfway through the month of January, and it's not too late. Maybe you've already decided, you know, I'm going to give up on that thing because apparently that's not going to work. No, don't give up on doing the small, good things consistently because you're storing them up and eventually there will be a turning point in your life when people will begin to notice and you'll begin to notice and your wife will begin to notice and your husband will begin to notice and your kids will begin to notice and your your boss will begin to notice and all these people begin to notice that man there's something different about you yeah, I've been storing this stuff up for the last three years and now it's gotten to the point to where it's just coming out of me it's boiling out of me because I was faithful in the small good decisions here's number three third reason why we don't succeed even when we have good intentions is our distorted identity sabotages our success. 
Here's what, here's what this looks like in our lives. Okay, here's what we say. Well, this is just the way I am. It's an identity problem. That this is just the way I am. Well, I've always had an addictive personality, so I might as well just take another drink. It's not really going to matter. Well, I've always struggled with managing money, so I might as well just go shopping and spend some more just to deal with it. You know, I mean, we're not, I've always struggled this way, so we're never going to get out of debt, and so I might as well just keep, you know, just keep doing things the way that I am. It's an identity issue. It's an identity issue. Well, I've never been an organized person, so why even try? This is what it looks like, and and the way that we see ourselves sabotages the success that we actually want in life. (laughs) It's the way that we see ourselves, and here's, here's one way we can put this. An unhealthy identity creates unwise habits. And the unwise habits reinforce the unhealthy identity. <laughs> so, well, I've always had an addictive personality, so I might as well just keep doing it. I'm never really going to get over it. And then you do that thing again, and it reinforces the fact that you're an addicted person, which makes you do it again, which then reinforces the fact that you have an addictive personality. And so you're feeding your identity, and you're feeding your habits with your identity, and you're feeding your identity with your habits, the things that you're, you're choosing to do. And what if, as we begin 2019, instead of focusing on do goals... What if you focused on who goals? Man, I heard this, th- and I thought, man, I gotta, I gotta, woo, I gotta talk about this for just a moment <laughs> because this is this is something so powerful, so powerful. If you fo- instead of focusing on what you want to do, what if you focused on who you want to become? What if instead of thinking, well, this, these are the things that I want to do in 2019. This is what I want to stop. This is what I want to start. This is what I want to do. What if you focused on who you want to become in 2019? Think about what you want people to say when they describe you. If somebody was talking about you, what would you want them to say about you? And how can I become that? And here's the reason why this is so important. Very simple. Identity shapes actions. So the way that you see yourself will determine what you do. The way that you see yourself will determine what you do. Now, I had to give you a personal example because I was trying to think through, you know, how this has has happened in my life. And I can remember a lot of times, and maybe you've been in this scenario too, where you're driving down some street in Paris and somebody decides that they want to pull out right in front of you. Right? Or you're driving around the loop and somebody wants to pull out on one of those side roads just, just right in front of you. Or you're on 271 coming into Paris and people are just cutting each other off trying to get over to the turn lane, things like that. Now, now in the moment, now I know you guys are more holy than I am and you're more spiritual than I am. In the moment, what I want to do is I want to honk and then I want to speed up and go around them and I want to give them that stare. You know what I'm talking about, that stare? You know, like, as you're going around, I'm like, what are you thinking, right? And so this has happened to me. And, and, and people pull out, and I get frustrated, and then I stop for a moment, and I think about who I am, <laughs> and I'm like, number one, I'm a grown-up. <laughs> number two, I'm a Christian grown-up, <laughs> and number three, I'm a pastor in this town. <laughs> that person might be coming to church on Sunday, and they're going to see me on the stage, and they're going to think, there's that guy! <laughs> That just drove past me the other day. (laughs) Right? And when I remember who I am, it determines what I do. (laughs) If If you know who you are, it will help you determine what you do. When I stop and think, you know what, this is who I am, then that determines no matter what I want to do, it determines what I actually do. 
when I realize who I am. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Let me give you one more example, and then we'll wrap it up today. If you're trying to quit smoking, and, and so maybe you've been there, maybe you've succeeded, maybe you haven't succeeded, I don't know, that doesn't even matter. But if you're trying to quit smoking, and somebody asks you, hey, do you want a cigarette, and you say, no, I'm trying to quit, then you're identifying yourself as a smoker who is trying to quit. Do you want a cigarette? No, I'm trying to quit. I'm trying to quit. But what if when somebody asked you if you wanted a cigarette, what if you said, no, I don't smoke anymore? <laughs> you see the difference? No, I'm trying to quit. I'm a smoker who's trying to quit. Don't know if I'm going to get there or not. But what if you said, no, I don't smoke anymore? Now you're identifying yourself as a person who does not smoke because that's in my past. Not a smoker who's trying to quit something. I am not a smoker because that's in my past. That's why I don't want one. It's an identity thing. Whenever you realize who you are, whenever you know who you are, you'll know what to do. You'll know what to do. How you identify yourself determines what you do. I want to bring the worship team back up. Will you stand to your feet today? So the worship team's coming. I want to, I want to go back, talking about the power of habits. And I want to, as we end today, we have to go back to the passage that we read at the beginning of the message. We were talking about what Paul says, and he says, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. And what a terrible person I am. You see what he did? He identified himself as a terrible person because of the decisions that he had been making. It was an identity thing. But I love what he goes on. Paul Paul says that, you know, he doesn't want to do that, and he does do what he what he doesn't want to do, and he asks, who can save me from this life? Who can say, what's going to stop all this? What's going to get me headed in the right direction with all these bad habits and all these things that I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I want to do? And then he, he goes on in the next verse, and he says it this way. He gives us the answer. He says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Can I tell you how you can how you can how you can succeed this year in in becoming who you want to become and doing the things that you want to do in your life? It's to first of all realize that the only way it's going to happen is through Jesus. Some of us in the room today, the reason we're not succeeding, and this could be point number 4, the reason we're not succeeding is because we're not trying to do it with Jesus. We're not trying to do it God's way. We're trying to do it our way. And the very first thing you've got to do is understand that the only way this works is if I do it God's way. He says, what can save me? I do what I don't want to do, and I, and, and I don't do what I want to do. What, like, what can fix this? And then he gives us the answer. Thank God that this can be fixed through Jesus. It can be fixed through Jesus. So I want to pray for us today, and I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to do a couple of things before we sing this last song. There's, there's power in your habits the small bad decisions that you continually make are affecting you more than you think they are but on the flip side the small good decisions that you make consistently over time are storing up things inside of you that eventually will flip over and turn into a boiling point in your life and it'll begin to spill out of your life if you don't give up so the first thing I want to pray for you that's all I'm going to do right here I'm not going to call you out I just want to pray for you if you're here today and you say you know what I need some new habits I need some new systems I have some goals, but I need to put some systems in place. How am I going to get to where 
I want to be? How am I going to become who I want to become? If that's you, you say, you know what? I want you to pray for me. I want this in my life. Will you just slip your hand up right where you are? I just want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, I thank you for every hand right now that is raised. Lord, you see our hearts. You know that we want to do the things that, that please you. God, we want to serve you. We want to live for you. So many times we don't do the things that we want to do, and we do the things that we don't want to do. But thank God that you sent Jesus. Thank God that you sent Jesus so that he could empower us to be able to do what you've called us to do. And God, I thank you. I thank you right now that you are, you are giving us ideas and you are giving us systems to know what to do in these areas so that we can accomplish what we want to accomplish. So that we can become who you want us to become. God, let us not take for granted the small decisions over time that make a bigger impact in our lives than what we even realize. I want to pray this prayer with our heads bowed and eyes closed. And for those of us here today who have never accepted Jesus, never given our life to Jesus, and maybe that's your first step, just like we talked about at the end, you're thinking, how can I, how can I change this? How can my marriage be better? How can my finances be better? How can my life be better? How can all of these things go to a different level and go to a different place? Let me tell you that the, the number one thing that you've got to do and I believe if this is you, that God is drawing you right now. You know in your heart right now that this is, that this is the truth. That the number one thing you've got to do, you've got to give your life to Jesus. When you give your life to Jesus, it does not fix all your problems. And when you give your life to Jesus, it does not make your life easier. When you walk out of here today, don't, don't walk out of here and think, well, I gave my life to Jesus, I should have no problems. No, you're walking back into the same job, into the same family, into the same home, into the same everything that you walked out of when you walked into here. None of that has changed, but the only thing that will have changed will be you and who lives on the inside of you to empower you to do what you need to do every single day. So I want to pray this prayer, and we're all going to pray it together because nobody prays alone, but I just want you to pray this prayer to say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. God, thank you for sending your son to give his life for me. And today, I admit that I can't do this alone. And I need you. So I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I receive your forgiveness today. Come live inside of me. Help me to make the decisions that honor you. And help me to live for you for the rest of my life. Thank you for saving me. I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, if you prayed that prayer today... We want to say that is the best decision. Can we give our, a round of applause those that made that pray that prayer for the first time today? Here's what I want to encourage you to do. We're going to sing one final song, and then we're going to let you go today. Hopefully this has, has been a blessing to you, and you have something you can take with you today. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time, around you somewhere, or maybe you already filled one out earlier, there's a Connect card. Just grab another one. And all I'm asking you to do as our prayer team comes down is on the top back of that, there's one that says, uh, I gave my life to Jesus today or, or I committed my life to Jesus today. I can't remember exactly how it's worded. All I want you to do is fill out the front of that, put your name on there, check that box so that we can know that you gave your life to Jesus today. And here's the reason why we want to know. It's not so that we can chase you down and harass you. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. You just gave your life to Jesus. You just made the best decision that you can make. So all we're asking you to do, you don't, have to, you don't have to do anything crazy or anything like that. Just check that box. Put your name on the front of it so that we can know that that was you. So that we can be praying for you throughout the week. That God will continue to show up in your life. And that, 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 that the decision that you made, that you will realize that it's the best decision you've ever made. That you will be able to tap into what God has for you in your life. Amen.
So we're asking you to do that. And when the worship team begins to sing this final song, if you need prayer for anything in your life, you don't have to come to this church. All that This could be your first time here. And you say, you know, there's something in my life I need prayer for. I need prayer for my marriage. I need prayer for my finances. I need prayer for my health. I need prayer. I just, I'm feeling discouraged. I'm feeling uh, down. I'm, whatever it is, you just need prayer for anything in your life. It doesn't matter what it is. We want to pray for you. So don't, don't let pride keep you from receiving prayer. We all need prayer. I need prayer. We all need prayer. So if you feel like, man, there's something I need prayer for today, then when they begin to sing this last song, I pray that you would just step out of your seat as we begin to worship and that you would allow us to pray with you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person today who needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.